Welcome to another Sonic Talk. Today it's uh, Wednesday the 2nd, or was it the 3rd? It'll be the 3rd of September today. I'm back from holiday. We had a week off last week. We did try and keep you uh, with continuous content, but uh, sadly uh, I had an interview lined up with an artist who blew me out at the last minute, so I do apologise. So there was nothing last week. I know how some of you get awfully uh, itchy when you don't get your fix of weekly Sonic Talk, but Sonic Talk is, of course... Available on YouTube if you're not watched. Subscribe to us and you should get uh, notifications every time we upload a new episode, which is generally speaking weekly, along with all of our other content. So please do go there and subscribe. I also want to say thank you to our sponsors, Isotope. Uh, we'll be announcing the winner of last competition and also your chance to win Isotope Break Tweaker again this week. Can you believe it? Anyway, uh, welcome guests. Um, we'll start with you, Mr. Dave Spears, in your synth cave, Dave Spears, GeForceSoftware.com. Collector of synthesizers, maker of virtual synthesizers, general immersed in the world of analog electronic synthesizers, generally speaking. He's even, I think he even might have an analog video camera by the look at the quality today. How are you? Yeah, actually, yeah, this is retro. I'm all right, thank you. Yeah, it's utter chaos in here. Oh, in a good way? Bedlam, do you want to peek? Well, not really. It all needs tidying up, but look. Oh, I can't even see. I can't even get that right. Anyway. No, never mind. Yeah, don't do that. We nearly lost you there for a minute. It can't handle the, yeah. uh, dealing yeah. with that many pixels at the same time. So what's going on in your world then, Dave, that make to bring this chaos? Uh, fixing of lots of bits of kit, uh, testing of lots of bits of kit, comparing lots of bits of kit, just working with lots of bits of kit, really. Ah, is that... And it's sort of piling up around me. I'm like... At some point, something's got to give, probably the floor. <laughs> glad to hear that, Dave. Well, not glad to hear that, but, I mean, serves you right for having so much of the stuff. You know, you're going to have to just get a bigger boat, as they say in Jaws, which is a sort of very loose link well, to nothing, really. But anyway, but thanks for joining us, Dave. We've I appreciate lent it. lent stuff out. Ah, well, we hope you will talk about that, Miss, Miss, Miss Bush. I've got a little video clip that I can play if we get a chance to talk about that. Right, we're going to go from from where you are, which is in the UK. We're going to go across the water, if I time it right, to Mr. Rich Hilton. Rich Hilton, of course, keyboard player in Chic, Nile Rogers studio guy, generally man about the town, well, man about the world. Where have you been since I lost? It's been two weeks. You must have at least circumnavigated the globe once. No, but I've been back and forth to your neck of the woods a couple of times. Um, where was I? A couple of festivals in England, V Festival. We were in Belfast for Belsonic. We were in Curacao for the their version of the North Sea Jazz Festival. And we were in Ireland for the Electric Circus. Wow, that's, that's plenty. And, Curacao, is that the home of a blue liqueur by any chance? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And uh, this coming week... Uh, pardon me, I cut myself shaving today. Ah. Um, this coming week, we are going first to the Isle of Wight to play Bestival, and then we're going to Croatia to play something called the Unknown Festival, which hopefully is <laughs> will be well attended. <laughs> it's unknown, and there'll be no audience because they didn't sell any right, tickets because exactly. nobody like, knew about it. Hopefully, like not end. that rich, of course. So we, we wouldn't want that. That although I'm sure with Chic, you can have a party wherever you go. 
um, it seems that people are very interested in this music yeah. these days. Excellent. Excellent stuff. Well, I'm glad you had a good summer so far. Well, I guess we're nearly end of yeah. summer. Well, although the sun streaming into Gaz Williams' studio, Garrett, uh, is probably something showing us the contrary. Uh, Gaz Williams, of course, professional bass player, mm-hmm. music producer, uh, hair improviser, and a man wearing <laughs> headphones. Your hair has got smaller. Is there something wrong? Oh, well, no, I just found... Ah, uh, okay, you found a way of tying uh, it back. That's yes. all right. You don't have to let it out on our... Cu- on our oh, okay. Mic clip. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, Gaz? Yeah, good, thank you. Yeah, it's been quite busy studio, studio, sort of he- buried in studio land, really. Um, but, yeah, good. Excellent. Well, I'm glad to hear it. Uh, trying to break in that Mac Pro. Oh, yes, been, of course. It's been nightmare. Oh, dear. It's really been rubbish. I really don't recommend them. What's the matter now? Last week, just, it, last time we spoke to you, you were just sort of really thrilled. Well, you're more excited about a Raspberry Pi. And now this week, are you still? Is that, has that just reinforced that? Definitely. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm really down on, on the Mac Pro. Oh, dear. What's, <laughs> so what, do tell, because, I mean, obviously, this is a music technology podcast. And being a user in a studio environment, I think it's a game for discussion. Um, I'm, I'm sure it's just me being a bit of a numpty. I think um, there's something about the keychain, and it just keeps getting me to re-enter the keychain. And I've been through loads of stuff on the internet about how to fix it, deleting, trashing sort of caches and various bits. Keeps undoing it, but it keeps popping up with this thing when I'm trying to work, and it's just driving me around the bend. I, you know, I, that rings a bell. I've, I'm sure I, I, I think. I think that might be one of those things that is just a one of those um, has a lot of things to do with how many. Um, uh, sorry, I'll start that sentence again. I did. I didn't get. I didn't wasn't going didn't go into it very well. Uh, I think I've had that before on previous versions of OSX, a keychain thing. Did you hmm. migrate the system from somewhere else, or did you build from scratch? Yeah, I went from scratch. I really thought I was trying to do it very carefully and methodically, and. All the help I've managed to find on the internet, I've followed through diligently, and it's not sorted it. So, mystery. Is Keychain to do with the security and the uh, IP mm. address and that sort of thing? Yeah, it's sort of, it keeps all your passwords in one place sort of thing. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a little bit of a mystery. I think it's going to have to be a reinstall, I think, because I've tried everything. Oh, that is, is a real downer i'm sorry to hear mm. that there's nothing worse than mind you i spent um probably two hours this morning trying to figure out some really simple logic in some code and eventually got it right but it was one of those things if then else you know just like oh so boring yeah but i got it working anyway well gaz uh pleased to have you with us i'm sorry that your uh, computer has not been all up but when it gets going i'm sure it'll be absolutely fine as you know um I'm a bit. I, I'm. I'm still very envious. I would certainly love to have one of those machines. Apart from the fact that I can't put any of my PCI cards in it, which now are quite legion. Has it got um, eSATA connections on it? Nope. Uh, so you have to go Thunderbolt to eSATA. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's a healthy amount of Thunderbolt connections. There's six Thunderbolt connections. Woohoo! And when you consider how many devices you can chain on those, uh, you know, that's kind of cool. But Thunderbolt is still 
way too expensive to be a a consideration for me right now. Mm, yeah. Oh, um, some uh, advice from the chat room. Grid Sleep says you might want to check your uh, user permissions, Gaz. Your ID might not be an administrator. Just for check for guest access. So there you go. That might be something. Uh, you know, it's it's always worth a try. Still. Um, for September, uh, I know, you know, previously, in previous years, Roland have been the guys doing this, uh, Roland Connect, where they get, you know, release a load of stuff. And indeed they have this year. But this September seems to have been a bit of a gear fest in terms of new releases. Uh, let's start with um, the first item in the agenda. This is the sexy shots of... It's a, basically a MIDI controller with lights on that talks to the complete system. Nine and up using uh, various trademarked things that have a K in them instead of a C. Ooh, that's a bit loud. We got multicolored lights above the LEDs. What's not to like? It doesn't do that. That's all computer graphics added on. Uh, these are new instruments in the uh, the Complete 10 collection. Uh, but it has a number of interesting features. Um, that being one of them, the browser, the uh, labelable knobs, so all the knobs have uh, labels below them. And it looks like it's got those kind of uh, Dave Smith type touch strips, but it also they've got uh, physical attributes like spring and bouncing ball. Anyway, who's excited? Complete 10. It's that time of year, isn't it? I mean, we, we, we can cover that as well because I've got a little uh, couple of bits that are uh, relevant information. So there's Complete Control. Uh, it's the S series. S25 is $499 US dollars. That is not cheap. Uh, yeah. And then it goes up in $100 increments depending on how many octaves you want, only up to six. So you get from f uh, $499 for the 25 key, which I, I think you'd be mad to spend $499 on the 25 key keyboard, uh, to $699. This is dollars. So UK price probably going to be maybe three to five hundred quid. I'm not sure. Six nine nine for the S sixty one, which is probably the one that's got a nice Fatar keyboard bed with uh, aftertouch, which is great. You know that's good to see, and um, it could be good. Mm. Mm. Gaz, you don't sound like you're all that impressed. Well, it's the price, really. I think the price. I think they've got it woefully wrong. Because um, I was foolishly thought that it included com complete at that price <laughs> where they i thought that seemed like like good you know like you know at least when you get machine you get in the software as well as the hardware but this just being a hardware thing i have i'm not sure i mean especially i was thinking about this um i was recently well i've been using the the panorama nectar oh, which yeah. is i think the 49 key sells for about £325 in the UK. Wow, and that's got an AMOLED, AMOLED display as well, hasn't it? It's got a big, lovely display on it. It's got faders. It's got a motorised fader. It's got drum pads. It's got knobs. It's got mapping for loads. Uh, so if you use Logic, um, Bitwig, Cubase, Reason, you know, it's really well integrated. So I think Native Instruments have just gone, they've pitched this way too high. I think 200, 200 euros, I think. So. Well, do you think it's got, you know, but maybe the thing, I, I guess the, um, the thing about the, um, 
oh gosh, the Nectar is they've got a nice uh, keybed as well. So I suppose you know you Lovely. can't really you can't really say that that's, that that's the yeah. reason. But so, I worked it out. So basically, it's yeah. eight. It's about eight dollars thirty cents a key. <laughs> if you're adding additional octaves there, and Rich, you seem to be muted. But yeah, I saw you speak. Well. It's just as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, really, this is all about the price. Five hundred bucks. That's really what we're agonizing over here. I just don't see it. I think it looks like a very clever product. I think it's missing some things I wish it had, but I get it as a concept. They wanted it to be very slim. There, it's the logical extension of the machine um, yeah. hardware project, which was incredibly successful for them. And uh, the more colored lights, the merrier with version two. So that's what they've put on this as well. Um, I'm kind of surprised it doesn't have some kind of drum pads on yeah. it. But on the other hand, they're going to turn and say to you, well, we already have made the best drum pad controller out there or whatever they're going to say. That also interfaces seamlessly with all this, you know, uh, complete stuff. So actually, I think it's a very clever product for them. I don't think it's that expensive given the hopefully the depth of integration that we should expect with their product line at the very least. And um, yeah, I agree with Gaz. The stuff uh, that that company makes with the white and red keyboard is uh, very appealing as well, but only if you're really running Cubase or Reason. I don't know about Bitwig. I haven't seen it run with Bitwig. Logic, I, but, it does um, run. It does run with Logic too. Uh, it to runs a with Logic to some degree, but it really shines with Cubase, which is what they really developed it for, and Reason. And uh, and uh, for for me with Pro Tools, it was utterly useless, and wasn't so you couldn't power it locally. And because of the length of where I have to put it, uh, that was the deal breaker. Is no pa no power input on the keyboard. Um, uh, there is, there's two, there is. There's two USB sockets. One is yes, power. Yes, I'm one talking is about power from the wall. Oh, yeah, but I guess you could just take a power and, and, and you know, get a power adapter with that has a USB output and plug. Well, they told me not to do any of that. Oh, really? And I, and I sent it back to them. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> that was the deal breaker. How no, I can understand how that? that might be problem. I would have kept it, and I don't even like what I have now better. Oh, even though neither of them really integrates the way I wanted to with Pro Tools. But... Um, but they lost my business over not having a power connector on this You know thing. what? That sounds... Because we ran it... When we did we did some shoots with them here, and I'm pretty sure one of them was powered from a sort of, you know, just a standard plug, you know, USB, wall walk to USB out via power. So that must be feasible. Maybe you were misinformed, or maybe, you know, I don't know. That just... I was talking to the... Yeah. The, the, the Royal Guard over the there, Royal as, Guard. Far that, as, that is, no, that, <laughs> as far as I understood. No, that's... As far as I understood it. But, I mean, it was a very nice product. And anyway, yeah. but, but getting back to Native yeah. Instruments, it is a very nice product for people who are not running Pro Tools and don't need to power it locally. It's a great product. Um, this Native Instruments thing is the logical extension of the machine hardware yeah. line, which is a you know very successful and, I think, very cleverly integrated product. I love updatable uh, functions on knobs. I like it when the knob shows you what it's yeah. doing right now all the time. And, you know, panels full of blank knobs that don't tell you what each knob is doing. And you got to remember for everything, every layer you're using or be looking at the screen to be able to tell kind of bug me. Yeah, I can so, understand. So um, they didn't put pads on it. That's what I think. Yeah, well, I, <laughs> and I think, you know, for the very same reason, because it's like, well, it sort of treads on the machine kind of side of things. Gaz, you use machine, right. don't you? So, and, and you've used micro as well. I mean, do you think maybe as a pair they'd be a, a beautiful thing? Or I don't know how they play together. I suppose they must do. 
yeah, I'd imagine it's uh, a great combo. Um, and, you know, Machina works brilliantly w with its library. It's the way that they've integrated it is, is terrific. Um, but I suppose this does beg the question with this new complete keyboard, though, um, how is it going to work with non-native instruments software? You know, it, yeah, I don't know. It, I mean, that's. I guess you could assign the stuff MIDI-wise. I mean, you must be able to. I mean, it can't be a completely closed thing, but I guess you don't get that level of integration that you do with, you know, other. I mean, basically, you've got two two choices. Something you either got something that's tightly integrated to the software, so it's linked and that's all lovely, or you've got something that has to have some kind of translation. You know, whether it be AutoMap, whether it be the M Audio system, or whether it be you know something else. I mean, that those are your choices, and none of those translation layers are perfect. So, you know, that's kind of the problem, really. But um, Arturia sort of did this a number of years ago, didn't they, with their um, analog factory yeah. uh, and all the subsequent iterations of that, which I think maybe five or six years ago they, they brought that out. And I, I, I had one of them, and I was very impressed with, with that one, really. I thought that was a, a very good product. But then what they've done is as they've evolved their line they've made their products um initially when it came out it was just purely focused for operating the one yeah. piece of software but now they're much more like generic midi controllers well true they, they don't but they, again they don't really have you know the, the the labels that whole kind of concept dave you've been very quiet there um you know, I know that you don't have specifically dedicated, apart from the uh, Imposca controller, which of course is fantastic, but again, is most fantastic when used paired with your software, even though, you know, if you if you have a fairly comprehensive soft synth, it's great because you've got one knob per function and you can remap it. Um, it's just that has to be done manually. So, I mean, what are you looking for, for something like this or something that will answer that question of, like, I just want something that works with everything? I think I would if I was using Native Instruments products pretty much exclusively. It's weird. The first thing that struck me about the vid is I couldn't tell what was real and what was not real. Like, when you touch those ribbon strips at the side, do you get laser sine waves come out of there? <laughs> I, I certainly hope so. Because if so, I want it tomorrow. Yeah, that would be really cool. But also, there was... It almost strikes me as a kind of proof of concept, an early proof of concept. There's a lot of real estate on that controller. That's not used, yeah. That actually I thought was speakers at first. So I'm kind of expecting it to... I'm expecting this one to be kind of out of date in about a year and then to be superseded by one with more knobs or one with pads and knobs and whatnot and whatnot. So I think I'd kind of reserve judgment, mm. at least until I played it as well, because for me, it's the feel of the keyboard and the integration with the software, the, the two kind of key paramount things. Yeah, uh, I guess so. I mean, I guess really the thing that's the most different about it is it's got LEDs above every key. That's kind of the main thing that makes yeah. it very different uh, in terms of keyboard terms because, I mean, presumably a lot of that those functions... I mean, there are some other um, neat features, which is something that I've been banging on about for a while, actually, is having uh, MIDI controller-hosted LFOs, which is, I, I believe, what they've got going on in there. So you can set up... Uh, there's uh, LFOs that will run, uh, and there's... Oh, no, that was something else, isn't it? No, that that's another... But... 
Um, it, it, it's got uh, arpeggiators. It's got kind of scale indication. So, you know, it means that you'll play the right notes or maybe not can't play the wrong notes. I don't know how they've done it. but So I think, you know, they're, they're going for that kind of just does everything. But yes, I think um, it looks nice. If the keyboard's nice, perhaps it needs a little bit more in the arsenal to to go for it because if you're going to go for complete 10 which is also out you know then that plus complete 10 if you're not already a um a big winner a, a user is going to be an issue uh, as um uh, redwalk says in the chat room it's it's great for contact because those uh, leds will show key zones key splits areas you know those are things that are all quite useful when it comes to, and that's what when it comes to working live and that's what you're nodding as rich you know the fact that you've got labeled knobs and you've got labeled keys that's going to be quite good for workflow but contact te- a complete ten. Then anyone going for that? There's a few things involved. There's a few things in the complete ten bundle as well, which we've got. Uh, we've got a few lined up here. The rounds synthesizer, which uh, unfortunately they haven't got any demos yet. It's a groundbreaking instrument, apparently. Uh, Polyplex, uh, the fast way to design your own drums, and contour, which uh, looked quite interesting. I've got. Uh, I think I had a bit of. I probably have to. I have to plug that in because it's coming out of my speakers rather than. Are these uh, reactor ensembles? I think, as is the case with all of their stuff these days, as is the case with all of their stuff these days, it's uh, it's a question of they prototype it in that. Sound quite nice. For some reason it's on the other one side. Oh, what the hell! Um, Rich, you a complete user? Yes, I am. Will you? Uh, are you going to upgrade? I mean, it's what? It's about uh, if you're. I, I think I've got the prices here. If you're, if you're start starting off, if you've got an um, ultimate, it's three hundred thirty-nine. So it's probably going to be three nine nine US one six nine. If you're just a regular user, to upgrade and get you know the additional stuff, which are these instruments and some pianos and a bunch of other libraries, which is what they tend to include where they iterate. I mean, you're going to need 440 gigs to uh, install <laughs> Complete 10 Ultimate on your system, which is... Well, a that's if you didn't already have most of it from Ultimate 9, but yeah. I mean, uh, there's a whole bunch of what they're giving you that I've already got Yeah. in terms of that sizable library. But the sizable library is over there on a disk somewhere. <laughs> Maybe it's at work, I'm not sure, but uh, there's an actual physical disk that it comes uh, with from which you install it. There it is. That's right. Um, I'm not uh, intimidated by their measly 440 gigabytes. No, I'm <laughs> joking. But, but uh, no, that's not the concern. Um, I'll probably end up with it, yeah, at some point. And, uh, and I'm not in a particular rush to get it, but maybe I will become in a rush to get it. Who knows? It would be Especially go- if I try out that keyboard and really dig using it. Really dig using it. Yeah, I suppose that's going to be one of the issues. Uh, Dave, you're, do you use, have you got the complete setup or have you just you pick and choose from NI stuff or stuff that you've got as I've NFRs? Got. <laughs> I've got some things. Obviously, we did a kind of trade with them years ago. So I've got some things. But I don't know. I find it really hard to keep up because it's like, what, what are we on now and what's this? And what is complete and what's complete ultimate? And... It all gets a bit confusing, so I kind of go, actually, what I've got works for me fine, so maybe I'll get to something new in a while. And I'll probably forget. Yeah, it's the sort of thing that, uh, that you know, maybe if you haven't got complete, 
it's not you know and you buy uh, the actual complete uh, which is 429 US UK so it's probably about going to be 500 bucks or so for the complete not the ultimate you get a heck of a lot of stuff to sort of start you off I mean it'll take you ages just to flip through the presets and if you're looking for a bunch of new sounds there certainly are a bunch there so I mean it's a kind of as an inspiration pack you know maybe it's something that is worth investing in although i'm sure you know i, I don't know what's a spectrasonics must be due a big update at some point in the future and they usually include a heck of a lot of stuff as well so um i, I do occasionally get calls from bands who like have a day free during the installation process so they'll call me and we'll kind of chat about how the kids and whatnot whatnot i always reply with are you installing the native instrument stuff and they always reply yes uh. Excellent. Yeah, it does take a while. There's no because if you get it wrong, you got to start again. It's one of those things. But uh, yeah. So anyway, that's the native instrument stuff. Um, I'm guessing what's Just the one yeah. one last point on then Nick, and I think it might relate to Rich. So uh, talking about the cost of it not seeming too much, but why have they put the prices like four nine nine euros and four nine nine dollars? That seems that's not the same price, is it? If that was actually dollar price, that'd be more like $700 or something. Fair enough, yeah. It feels, that feels like the Europeans are being shafted a little bit. I don't know if you noticed Aye. that. Well, fair enough. That's entirely mm. possible because, well, it used to be parity, but uh, it's nothing like it at the moment, is it? So I, I think it's like 1.3, I think, isn't it? Wow, so we're One. getting a 30% hit. Mm. I think that, that's just a little. A yeah. little quandary there. Absolutely right. Yeah. No, I think, and, and they are a European country, so a European uh, com company. So, yeah, no, I take your point. We shall have it up with the next yeah. board meeting. The, the <laughs> thing I'm using now, uh, which I don't particularly love, cost me more than 500 bucks and doesn't offer anywhere near the degree of control out of the box that this thing does. And this kind of degree of control out of the box is something I started with no talking about with Novation years ago. And they were like, oh no, it's so easy to construct your own. And I kept saying, mm. I don't want to construct my own <laughs> and neither do all of those people over there. Yeah. Do it, do your homework, present it fully loaded. People mm. will come, which is what those guys, uh, who is it, Nectar? Yeah, That's what those guys have pretty much done with the software that they support. They loaded the thing up, so it just works. You plug it in, and you go, wow. Yeah. Uh, if you're using Cubase or you're using one of those products. But uh, Novation just sold these empty boxes full of knobs and pads, and so does M-Audio on some level. And uh, and they all they both try to give you some layer that, you know, certainly Novation does to talk to it all. And I think this thing could be in my room. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, that's fair enough. I mean, well, let's see what happens. Um, but yes, I, I think perhaps now is a good time to interject with uh, an advertising, advertorial advertisement uh, from Isotope. Of course, Isotope have been uh, sponsoring the show. And uh, not only do you get the chance to win Break Tweaker after the ad, but we'll also find out who won last show's prize. So let me press the button. And uh, hopefully the ad will start playing at some point in the not-too-distant future, and I can read over it as I do. There we are. Brake Tweaker, of course, designed by BT, uh, built by Isotope. Uh, is, is It's a sort of granular... 
beats, micro drum synth. Uh, you can manipulate the audio at a molecular level. You can reinvent any beat by controlling pitch, rhythm, and texture at the finest resolution. Re- free yourself from traditional drum grid. Drum grid. You can treat, create complex polyrhythmic beats with unique ISO rhythm and playback speeds. That's all. If you see there, all these rhythms can be running concurrently at different tempos, different divisions. Experiment with content, explore presets, drum samples and wavetables designed by today's top musicians, including BT, who donated one of his uh, more private collections. Craft the perfect drum sound, blend drum samples with synthesis to create compelling hybrid sounds. Take control of your beats. In fact, if you want to do that, what you want to do is you want to go to isotope.com forward slash break tweaker. You get a 10 day demo, as with all of their stuff, and it's well worth checking out. I'm still uh, finding, because I've been away for a couple of weeks, I'm going to install it on my machine, and I'm looking really looking forward to that because mm. I've got some uh, programming to do, and I want to c- get a whole new bunch of sounds, and I'm looking forward to that. Of course, uh, we have um, a winner from the last show, which was uh, 372. Uh, let me find. Uh, our winner is, in fact, and this is going to please uh, somebody in the chat room, I'm sure, because the winner this week is... Redwalks, one of the chatty, chatty familiars who's been constantly been saying he's entering so that he can give it to Azzy ahead. Uh, Redwalks has won. Uh, is Redwalks at uh, his Twitter handle is at Redwalks Twit. He's won. Break Tweaker, which he can donate to Azzy ahead if he wishes. All he has to do is send me. Uh, the email account that he wants it to be bestowed on the Isotope Ferry will drop it off. So well done to you. He's a very much of a regular. But there is another competition. As I said, this week, uh, this is probably the last one. I think we're going to be going into RX4, which has just come out as well. We're going to get a visit from Isotope in the next uh, couple of weeks. So we'll be uh, getting the skinny on that. You can win as Isotope Break Tweaker. As, again, you need to be on Twitter. Uh, you tweet the hashtag MicroTweak. Hashtag MicroTweak to at SonicNick and at Isotope Inc. I will collect the entries and pick a random winner from those. So remember, if you want to win Break Tweaker, tweet the hashtag MicroTweak to at SonicNick and at Isotope Inc. And then you will be entered into the prize draw, which we will announce next week. The winner from next week. And next week, there'll be another one. So uh, anyway, then, so... uh, Congratulations to to, to Redwalks there. Always nice to see a regular winning, um, and um, and he did so super. Right, next topic is uh, oh yeah, this is the Personas videos. Here we go. This is these are the new uh, Personas. I, I reviewed the, the studio live not that long ago. AI uh, this is uh, a recallable X The AI kind of rack basically, channel, and you can see here the software interface AI. is purely software. Uh, the interface is purely software. There's just basically a bunch of I/O, a bunch of ports, and this is the uh, the U. From a studio I can't remember how you call AI it. The UC controller, which is running on a Windows tablet. It can run on a laptop. It can run on uh, iOS devices. It looks very impressive on a Windows machine because you've got that big sort of side uh, control surface and you can grab all of that stuff this is the hardware uh, there's a 16 uh, input version and a 32 input version but the real I guess you put that in the stage box and just hook up to it either via Wi-Fi or via Ethernet that makes them and you're off powerful and versatile now uh, obviously studio live stuff you know I see I reviewed it they do sound really good uh, this is an interesting trend. I mean, this is sort of going away. Basically, you make all the expensive DSP stuff in a box and then you control it so that you can then just essentially uh, update the interface controller, whatever. I'm wondering, though, there's obviously people, they call it battle ready, and there's pictures of people allegedly mixing a live show on a touchscreen. 
I'm not entirely sure I'd be comfortable doing that. But do you think this heralds a kind of change, uh, you know, a, a, a gradual paradigm change? I mean, I, I'll go to you, guys, because we do the Sonic Touch show, which we'll be hopefully shooting another couple of episodes at the end of the week. Do you think that this is actually going to be a likely development? I mean, A, would you? Would you actually do this on a, a touchscreen? Would you be comfortable mixing a live show on a touchscreen without, without an actual control surface? And B, do you think this is where it's basically going to go now because it's cheaper not to build loads of knobs on it? Um, there was one thing I missed on this. You are, you can't record directly into it, though, can you? You no, still have to have a It's future. still got the, the 800, FireWire 800 ports, and you can just, uh, you know, it's exactly the same thing as the AI, apart from the control surface is not there oh, on yeah. the metering and what have you. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think it makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Uh, you know, quite often it's difficult to locate a, a, a suitable place to put a mixing desk. Finding a space to put uh, a rack unit makes a, you know makes a lot of sense, and then being able to actually be stand at an optimum place, uh, assuming that the wireless connection is robust enough and yeah, That's I don't know if I, I don't know if I would go for that. Uh, again, I, I guess the thing is with this for me, and it was the same thing with the Studio AI mixer I, I reviewed. It's like great, you know, this is all possible to to work remotely, but all the I/O is on the box. Hmm. You know, there's no audio networking. They're going to be putting cards into it that you might replace the firewire card, and you might put a Dante card or whatever, hmm. a Mandy card, which are not available yet, but presumably they'll they'll be across the range. But then if you do that. You're sort of you need another stage box, which is essentially what this kind yeah. of is, and the DSP. So it, it doesn't quite yeah. work, you know. As yeah, a, as a t- yeah, I kind of wondered why they don't just make a stage box, you know, and just have it, you know, rather than it necessitating another thing. Uh, the SM Pro are doing it that way now, aren't they? With a just a stage box and a wireless HTML5 controller, yeah, interface HTML5 based, which seems really good. But the other thing that it was making me think, though, was uh, Motu have been pursuing this way of working for a while, haven't they? Certainly in terms of their audio interfaces work as standalone yeah. and have got DSP on them. Uh, they haven't got the... Well, they've only just started to bring the remote mixing aspect into it. But, yeah, it's becoming... That, that's true. Is it an audio interface? Is it a stage box? Is it a mixer? It's hard to tell. The one thing that I was a bit surprised at was... Um, it, the, I, I think the the 16 IO is uh, 1229 including VAT. But if you were bought the 1642 AI, which is the full desk with the control surface, the fat channel, all of that, so all the metering, that's only 1500 quid. So essentially, they're saying all that stuff, all those knobs, all those faders, are only worth 300 pounds. You know, to the on top of it, because I don't think there's anything necessarily different there. Rich is Rich is not agreeing with me there at all. No, the, that's what's just a, such an incredibly misleading analogy because there's so much else going on under the hood to facilitate all of this additional functionality that isn't present in the one with the knobs. Well, is so there what, is, what is that then? Well, all this wireless stuff. Uh, if no, I but that, that happens on the multi- AI as well. That's on the okay. AI. It's, I mean, Fair the, the AI. Um, basically, the a- step- sorry. Go yeah, go ahead. Uh, the AI has a little wireless dongle you plug in, which is like a 15-buck kind of thing that goes in a USB port. And there's an Ethernet connector. So the only difference between this and that is maybe they put the 15-buck... Eth- 
Wi-Fi thing. Also, a huge form factor difference. It's yes, completely well, different true. piece of hardware. It's cheaper to transport. I mean, for some people, this is a perfect product. And for some people, that's a perfect yeah, product. Okay. And that's what they're hoping for. But um, it does, in fact, uh, allow for the use of all of the software that the console uses, which includes Capture, which is their one-click record everything program and uh, integration with Studio One and things like that. So I think this is a really cool product. Boy, I, I'm I'm like the court jester today. <laughs> well, that's interesting. No, but it's interesting. But I, I mean, so does the the full size mixer. I mean, that, this doesn't have anything that that doesn't do because it's still over Firewire. Yeah, wants to carry all that if you don't have to, and especially well, yeah, if you're okay. talking about a small touring band, and maybe you want to program your front of house in rehearsal and just control everything from the stage. I mean, there's just any number of or or let people have monitor mixes from this. It just it's a completely different hardware concept. It it doesn't. I don't. Yeah, it's I not suppose. an apples and apples discussion to me. Well, what you're having, you're having an apples and oranges, and I like them both. Well, I but I I mean, but this is the point of discussion, isn't it? I mean, the, the thing is, if you were to use this front, I mean, yes, if you were mixing from stage, then fine. But if you want a front of house, you're working at front of house. You still need a touchscreen of some description. All the other stuff you're going to have to put on a table somewhere, front of house to do a that. So, computer or something. Yeah. Yes, and probably a hardware interface that has faders on it. Maybe so. Yeah. But it tours differently. What I'm saying is you're not carrying a big, you know, piano-sized crate or what, however big the console is, yeah. but it's not that big. But no, it's not. It's heavy and it's big and it's square and it's an expensive case to buy and everything else. And this fits in 19-inch racks and it makes things very easy for certain well, kinds that, of people. Well, that is true. That I, is true. I understand. I understand that it's not, like I said, it, they're both cool products to me. I'm not saying, no, 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 you don't need faders and knobs. I'm just saying that for those people who don't want them, this is a great thing. I guess so. I, I guess the other question is, you know, I, I mean, personas aside, how comfortable? I mean, I know there are people who are mixing via, um, say, maybe Apollo systems and doing it all via front, you know, via mouse and what have you, and recall. I wonder how uh, how quickly that sort of approach would be uptaken because, I mean, obviously, you know, with tactile that with the when you're mixing, there's a tactile aspect to it. The, the fact that you put your hands on desk and you kind of cover certain faders and what have you. I mean, that's speaking from my experience as a live sound engineer, which I've done, you know, a, a number of times, and they're they're pushing that as a concept. Personas aside. Do you think there's? Do you, do you think that's gonna gonna fly? People are gonna be starting to use that sort well, of thing. A lot of people have been trying. Didn't Line Six first come out with that box that allows every band member to have their own control of a certain thing? And it all. It, I remember two, three, four, five years ago, we reviewed a piece by Line Six that started down this path. And in fact, on today's prep notes, there's another product that's sort of like this on some level, um, where each player is plugging into something that's can control uh, connected to some central area where yeah. you know it, it it all that sort of seems to be how it's going and it seems to be changing a little bit now i come from the same kind of paradigm you do with it's just hands on faders and knobs to turn and every channel's got its own integrity and i understand all that but it just seems like this whole aspect of the market is changing for young up-and-coming groups that want to get a repeatable sound from night to night in different areas yeah, no, I think that's true. I, I know, Dave. I mean, this is kind of again going on to the uh, the kind of concept of the controller removed from the actual hardware. Um, have you seen anybody? I mean, there must be people mixing on touchscreens, mixing without kind of the actual hardware services. I mean, I, I just haven't seen them, but then I don't get out much. No, I think I'm with you. I don't get out much, and I haven't <laughs> seen them. I did think it would be quite handy. I mean, I always, you know, when I go to gigs that Andy Shillito does and whatnot, or other front of house guys, they're always wandering around, 
getting an idea of the mix in certain areas, and if they can carry something around and instantly yeah. tweak it, I think that's pretty cool. Although I did have a discussion the other day with somebody in quite a big band who's exceedingly grumpy because they had they were touring and they had three trucks and a bus and were getting paid X amount, and a DJ had a laptop and a couple of things and he was getting paid about the same amount if not more and he was like if only if we could kind of get our freightage down we might actually stand a chance of making the same kind of money as that dj which did make me chuckle so i guess yeah for something like that this is incredibly valuable yeah i suppose needs must i mean you know i'm, I'm not saying it's not it's not achievable i just i'm curious how how one would operate that in it because you need a different set of uh, visual cues, hardware cues, you know, that, that, it, it's a different mindset to what I'm used to, and I can't quite get my head it's, around how it would work. It's going to have to be a lot to do with the respo- responsiveness of the system, though, isn't it? I mean, the touchscreen idiom is all, it's very nice, but if it's, if there's, if there's a delay from hitting that mute, or, you know, even if it's marginal, it's going to really affect your yeah. relationship with the system, isn't it? Yeah. I guess so. I mean, the, to be fair, the uh, the uh, Personas AI system I did it. I ran it on the iPad. It was really snappy. You know, I mean, it didn't mm. it didn't feel. I mean, there was a, a a modicum of delay, but it didn't feel like it was something that was going to make me kind of go ooh because you had live metering all that. Stuff. And that's pretty cool. I mean, I'm guessing all of those things. Certainly, what was, can I ask what what was the update of the metering like? Was it was it? Well, feel- I mean, you know, I wouldn't use it for kind of catching drum transients, put it that way, but it's not <laughs> not bad. I mean, it's it's certainly okay. acceptable. But then most most um, digital metering, you know, whether it be in the DAW or whether can't really handle that either. So, I mean, it's not... It, it, I didn't find it was kind of a, a major problem, and I'm sure there are ways around it. You know, you don't have to have a bar of light going up. You could do the old kind of green light, red light, which would be much faster, wouldn't have to have... Uh, an envelope to it or a response time it could be just much more snappy I guess because it wouldn't have to draw so many pixels I mean I don't know but I think it's an interesting uh, development and obviously this is you know because we were t- we talked about the uh, SM Pro Audio who are doing the same kind of notion you know with the, with the mixer that lives on the uh, uh, on the stage and you know everything runs via an HTML5 inter- I don't know whether this is an HTML5 interface or whether it's a dedicated thing I mean it it's multi-platform, so it's entirely possible it might be web-based. I mean, I don't know. Um, I do know that in the Prusonus AI stuff, there's basically a Linux computer. You know, I mean, it's it's got a processor in it. It runs a web, so it's got all sorts of kind of stuff going on. And these, I'm guessing, you know, this is like as Rich said, this is just a different form factor of the same technology. You know, with less components stuck on it. You know, so it's easy, as I say, easier to transport and easier to to whatever. But it just seems to me that it's, you know, as these sort of things build momentum, you know, then everybody starts to do it, and you end up with you know the industry going in a direction. I wonder if this, you know, because it's quite a big deal for Personas to do it with such a big splash. I know that uh, Behringer have done it with their X32 stuff, but they haven't made quite such a big deal about it. It doesn't run on a a, a Windows tablet, you know, so you've got a much larger surface area. It's an iPad thing only. I mean, you can run it on a computer, uh, um, but it's not quite the same level of integration perhaps but if i think if they manage to get if they put a port on the back that you could plug a drive into and record everything into it without having Mm. to have a second computer connected via Mm. firewire then we'd be talking something really interesting as well because you could just go bang there it all is timestamp and everything because if the computer's if, if it's running if it's just basically an interface to the audio that would be awesome mm-hmm 
isn't that I was thinking what they the other, do? I was thinking. No, it's not. It's not. You need a FireWire 800 connection to your computer, which then has a drive on it. Which you know, so it, the Capture 2 software runs on a host computer. It doesn't run on. Uh, I mean, it may, oh. yeah, you need you, the audio gets bust out of the FireWire 800 port. That's what's happening. It's and cool. shows up ready to go though when you boot oh, yeah, up that's your great. software. So you just have to have a computer in between. I get it. Yeah. So okay. it's it's a di- yeah. I mean, if it if it didn't have to have a computer in between, that would be kind of cool. Yes, yes, agreed. Um, but it's still pretty cool to me, and 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 the fact that you could have integration with their high end DAW instead of using Capture is also very cool. Yeah, well, Capture is a really neat. Uh, one thing about Capture that is really neat is when you record it, those fu- those inputs can be flipped on mass between live inputs and fu- so you've got virtual sound check going on no problem at all also the other thing that's cool is you can have the timeline of capture running to the system clock so the timestamps will all be last night at half past eight for instance you know we did the remember we did the encore that was about 10 o'clock bang and all of those are you know against absolute time rather than you know at some sort of notional simty kind of offset time and that is really cool as well it's it makes yeah. recall i mean I'm, I'm guessing you know you've done a lot of D- live dvd mixing and stuff from from uh that would be really no, useful. i haven't well, i haven't live done DVD. a lot of surround dvd mixing at all okay but i i mean um making from live multi-tracks is what i mean oh yeah yeah all the time yeah. <laughs> constantly um but so there you have it. Uh, that's the uh, RM32 AI and the RM16 uh, AI uh, 1229 and 1749 Inkvat. Um, right. And there's also this. This is all the footage I can find of. This is the new Roland S- Ira SBX1. Introducing swing to a couple of DIN sync devices, 303 and a 808. No, not an 808, a TR, whatever it is, 606, isn't it? There you go. That's the best I could do in terms of footage. They haven't released a video for it. Um, let me see. I think there's. Yeah, I've got some. I've got some shots. This is it. The SBX one, which is sync box. Uh, it does uh, MIDI DIN sync in and out. It does, sorry DIN sync in and out, so it can control 808s and various other things. Adding swing to it because it obviously does something clever to the clock or whatever that might be. It's also got MIDI I/O. It's also got CV I/O. Uh, this is the thing that's got the built-in LFO as well, which is syncable. Uh, and uh, that looks kind of... It's an interesting little box, actually. Um, I think it's quite expensive, though. 319 quid, I've seen, as, as part of the IO range. And it's the sort of missing link, the sort of stuff that people have been saying was missing from between... Um, uh, you know, but from the uh, System 1, for instance, no CVIO, whatever. Um, so I'm guessing it's probably going to be maybe 399 US, I would imagine, something like that. I'm guessing here. Now, Rich, now you say it's too expensive. $399! (laughs) Uh, This is either going to be the coolest thing ever or a candidate, a future candidate for the Doorstops Hall of Fame, future Doorstops Hall of Fame. I'm not sure, but uh, it's kind of cool. I guess if you've got all of those things that you need. Do you need this anymore? I mean, back when I spent my life around a Dr. Click, um, you needed that sort of thing. But do you really need this thing right now? And do you need it for 400 bucks? Well, you do need a keyboard for five, but I don't know if you need this thing for four. Well, Dave is... Dave sure. says you Dave do. Says, well, because we, I remember a certain session at your house where we tried to sync the 808, and it was just a bloody nightmare. So something like this, surely the answer to all your 
you'll be. I Tell think me. you'll be getting one it's of those. Cool. Yeah, it's already on the list. Well, actually, it's sort of already on the list. I've been running a CR eight thousand, which is like a. It was like the sort of poor man's TR808 back in the day. And obviously we've got the 808 and I've got the Jupiter 8 and they've all got DIN sync on. And I'm like, so I've been kind of hooking stuff up and running into issues where I haven't got enough DIN syncs and I haven't got enough CV nonsense. Anyway, and, the, and when I saw this, I was just like, that's it. And it's quite funny because when I spoke to Alessandra at that Nine Inch Nails gig, he'd just come up with that Coma Electronic RH301, which is another interface, which is slightly cheaper and slight has got a few more functions. But I'm really, really busy at the minute. I feel like I've kind of I went into this room six months ago and I haven't quite left yet. And I've still got a lot to do before I can kind of take a break. So my ability to absorb other things is kind of it's waning by the day. And there was just this really brilliant, straightforward diagram of how to hook up this Roland gizmo to all of your other bits and pieces. And I just went, I want that. Because it didn't involve me thinking about too, much other th- too many other things. So, yeah, I want it. And I think at the minute we're talking about 329 or something 319. like that in the UK. Yeah. Uh, okay. So uh, it's about but two I want yeah, it. plus the bat. At least one. But yeah, it's one of those things that, as you say, if it solves your problem, because there are ways, I mean, there are ways to do it. You mentioned the coma thing, but before that, the only other stuff was kind of Kenton, uh, and that's quite long in the tooth. And also, you never have the right leads. What they need to do is sell a load of DINSYNC leads as well. Can we have that, please? Because you can't get those anywhere. (laughs) They're really hard to find. They're not, because they're not MIDI, are they? They're something else. They've got, have they got a pin in the middle as well or something? It's just a nightmare. Yeah. Uh, Gaz, I'm guessing uh, you haven't got a lot of analog din sync things in your life. This perhaps might not for, for be, be something you need, but... Well, I think they've been a bit stupid with this, and they should have built a USB hub functionality into it. If they're calling it uh, the un- Universal Synchronization Hub, uh, why didn't they put a USB hub functionality? And then you could synchronize your modern devices that have got USB connectivity oh so make it a usb b yeah. to a type b type uh, connector yeah uh, uh whichever way around <laughs> yeah the other way around than it usually is yeah yeah i mean oh no i mean there's so many devices isn't there that would be great if you could just link it all in there Ah, yeah, like, I guess. Oh, so. I, I'm guessing that's, one, for instance. I'm guessing lots that, of things. that's not so easy to do uh, because you've got to have to have uh, all those devices mm. have to be class compliant. And as we know, none of Roland's current crop of USB devices are class compliant in themselves. So it would be quite ironic if their sync box or whatever it was, assuming it had this function, was class compliant to the outside world, but not back to your own computer. That would be kind of a, worth a chortle in. Um, in some places, in some, um, but it's cool. You know, I think basically you can um, you could buy one soon. I think they've been released. There was a couple other things as well. There's the uh, uh, HS5. Well, the this thing. is what you were looking at, wasn't it, Rich? Um, yeah. This is the HS5, which looks a bit like the Millennium Falcon, and mm. it's a five-input Cosm-built, uh, Cosm-driven, not a digital mixer with an unusual shape that you can use as rehearsals, and it's got total recall and uh, five headphone mixes. That, kind of, that looks kind of cool. I'm, I, I, when I was looking at this, I thought, well, that's neat. I mean, what it needs is a master output 
so you could drive a front of house and also um, perhaps a uh, uh, you know the auxiliaries output separately that are just not on headphones. I mean, it's it's very similar to the kind of jam hub and that kind of thing. I mean, this this is the sort of thing that I when I looked at, it, I thought Roland just want every single rehearsal studio in the world to have one of those in the corner, so you could just plug your thumb drive in and load up your sounds. I mean, that would be you know, the, the neat way to use it, but it's unlikely to happen with that few inputs and and what have you. I don't know. Have you seen people using this kind of stuff, the the Jam Hub and the... Uh, I don't know what else there is that's in that sort of field, very simple digital mixer for rehearsals. I've used have the I? Jam Hub. You have, Gaz. Hmm. And this looks like a complete Jam Hub rip-off, really, because that Jam Hub was entirely unique. There was nothing like it. This is ostensibly, uh, I th you know, uh, Roland's take on, on that product. Although I think it's got some advantages over the, the Jam Hub. Um, the uh, recallability, I think. Um, but I've used the Jam Hub uh, when I was working on a project with young people, uh, like a schools project. And in that context, it was perfect, you know. So... I think it does fill a niche, um, but... Um, yeah, I think it'd be cool. I, mean, I, I guess the, the, the other things that it does, uh, you can plug in a USB stick and it'll just take a two-track recording of whatever's going on. That's neat. You plug a USB into the computer and it will uh, record multi-track output. Again, you know, nice and useful. So th those sort of utility uh, features are also pretty handy as well. So and this sort it of becomes... It becomes a audio interface then, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. I suppose and, it does. Yeah, that's one way of looking at it, isn't it? Yeah, as I a, think so. a different format of an audio interface. But it surprises me that none of these mixes, or very few of them, still. I mean, I can't think of many that do it apart from, uh, well, none really. That you can just plug a drive in the back of it, and it will just squirt out WAVs for each input, mm. which would be really, really useful. So you have a box yeah. where you just go plug a drive in. Yeah. Jam for two or three hours, then come back, you've got multi-track records. No, Rich, you're yeah. shaking your head. You're... Well, I think something does, and I just can't think of what it is. I, I'm pretty sure I remember uh, the, something. The Joko Black did. Box does it. I think the Behringer... Um, Might be a Behringer product. Behringer Somebody was does. supposed to do it, but I don't think they ever got around to actually... You know, the, the X32 was supposed to do it. But I don't think. They but ever... everybody's got a laptop, and or a, you heck, you can use an iPad these days. I mean, everybody's yep. got one. That's true. So, and they've and they have them at the gig, for crying out loud. It's just they're there. And there's nobody walking around at the gig, on the tech crew who doesn't have a laptop with them. Okay, but I'm thinking, you know, if we're talking, you know, kids in a room where they don't really necessarily want to take. Well, all their stuff that's there. yes, yes, and I think this box is pretty cool for a bunch of guys who like to rehearse with drum pads. Because you could rehearse your rock band in a small upstairs apartment and your neighbors downstairs might hardly know, other than the kick drum pedal, what's going on. <laughs> Definitely. Um, I mean, but the, you know, I don't know. Dave, you can imagine this, you know, you set up a load of synths, they go through uh, an audio, a mixer that then, you know, comes out to your monitoring, but then you're just recording everything to separate discrete WAV files. That would be kind of neat, useful, wouldn't it? Without having to kind of route it all via the sound card and all that kind of stuff. So that's the sort of thing, a kind of inline recorder would make sense. I mean, they did that yep. the Gibson guitar cable thing, you know, times 16, for instance. That would be neat, but all onto the same USB device. Yes, please, if anyone's listening. I think that yep. would work. Yep, okay. Good 
Uh, right. Um, Korg pushback Odyssey release. Um, don't know if we've got that, but it's just a bit of news that, you know, not till late, to, uh, till early 2015. Uh, obviously, the news that we, we talked about it at the time, there was a, there's a story on uh, Synthtopia, um, which is basically just kind of highlighting the fact that they're pushing the release date back. There was some speculation as to why they announced they were, uh, were making it anyway, which was perhaps to hang on to the patent. Um, but those cynical people mentioned, so I don't know whether they're, they're going to maybe add some extra functionalities. It's certainly got a heck of a lot of comments on Synthtopia about what people would like to see if it was going to be updated i don't know what you think about that dave do you think they should just make it clean as is or do you think i mean if they're going to be putting usb midi on it they may as well maybe stick a couple of other things in there as well i know you're very Uh, close to the odyssey so you know (laughs) yeah i don't know i mean honestly i'd have to reserve judgment until i kind of see what they've done i keep hearing loads and loads of different conflicting rumors and i can't really comment on anything because some of them aren't particularly good I have to say but I'm completely reserving judgment until after the event I don't know whether they should be completely purist or not I'd say probably not because those ARP sliders on the originals are exactly the most robust things mm-hmm. and don't do the Mark III with the keys hanging over the front that you can knock off and smash up really easily so yeah there's, they've got to take a few things into consideration but I think the feedback's just been so amazing for them that, you know, they've probably kind of reassessed a few things and gone, well, maybe we could do it this way instead of this way. It's, inter- it's interesting, isn't Everything's it? speculation. Because the, uh, there was one comment in there that said the original cost about 1600 bucks. I don't know if that's true or not. And if you go by inflationary standards, you know, it should, if it's like for like, you know, you'd expect it to be five or six grand as a result, just in terms of if it's exactly the same. I mean, obviously, you're going to get economics of scale and different manufacturing processes and stuff. But, you know, whereas the MS-20 Mini, which is a different beast to the MS-20, but the, certainly the MS-20 kit, which is about a thousand bucks, you know, is fairly sturdy and what have you. And if they're going to make a kind of something, like you say, that maybe improves on the original manufacturer, you know, but they're going to want to get it out at a reasonable price. Otherwise, they're not going to be able to sell enough of them. Yeah, I don't even know. I, 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 I can't really say anything. Okay. But, I, right. you know, for me, a lot of the Odyssey is that sound and the functionality, the duophonic section with the ring mod to get those nasty screaming tones. You know, th- things like that are really important to me. And if they don't introduce those tones to a new generation, then I think that they're probably going to let the side down a little. But mm. it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to see. But yeah. Um, okay, well, we've got a couple of... You mentioned the iRig MIDI 2, Rich, uh, which is the new interface from IK, uh, which is uh, a, a iOS plug-and-play in out through. Uh, as you can see here, you can plug it into uh, any kind of iPad or USB, which I think is pretty cool, actually. I must say, uh, just because in recent weeks, as you know, I've been experimenting... I still think MIDI is an absolutely bloody awesome communication language. I've been programming hex... MIDI over the last couple of weeks and just to be able to go right I need to do this it's like yeah I could do that I can do this I could do it's just a brilliant and anything that brings more MIDI into the world has got to be a good idea what was it about this Rich that particularly took your fancy is it just this the form factor or just the fact that more MIDI is good um well I used the other product that they had and this is a different one and it has its advantages for some and disadvantages for others. For example, the actual form factor is larger than the last one because they've decided to accommodate 
full-sized MIDI connectors, three of them yes, on the unit. They had uh, mini jacks, didn't they? They had mini jack, these special cables that go mini jack to mini connector. Now, for my world, that's cool because it, I can carry it in a smaller form factor. Excuse me. Um, so actually, on some level, this one isn't as attractive to me. But they having a, a, I believe it's a lightning connector on it is is pretty cool. That's pretty cool, and it's just, it's a new product. It's a cool product that some people need for you know. Sometimes you need a little tiny MIDI interface that only does a little tiny bit. Yeah. And uh, I I actually am one of those people who has that need on occasion on the road. So I bring one, and that's why I brought it up. That's fair enough. Um, people are asking in the chat room, how much is it? According to uh, a hundred bucks list. Yeah, so you'll so probably be about 80, street 80, 80 bucks. Eighty quid. Yeah, Eighty so bucks. Eighty quid. Hundred bucks. So you know that's all right. Gaz, any thoughts on that? I mean, I think MIDI interfaces are just. <laughs> I was looking today. I needed some more. I had to fire up uh, an old Philip Reese. Um, Pro Solo, just so I could get a MIDI three to extend the MIDI cable all the way over there. So you know, yeah, good stuff. Yeah, I I do agree about MIDI still being a really great um, language. Uh, as you know, thirty years old and hasn't been really superseded, really has it? Hasn't been everything battered, really. Everything has failed, doesn't it? it you know. So um, I don't. I haven't looked at this myself, but um, I am interested. I, I'm always interested in ways to connect the iPad to physical keyboard controllers. Uh, so that looks quite good. And it's it's got a through on it as well, is it? Or, or is it two through. outs? It's an in-out through. In, in I out think through. The, did the iRig also have the potential for a power input, so you could charge the. Uh, Yes. It as well, I don't know whether this does that. That would be, uh, yeah, yeah. It doesn't it doesn't look like it does. So that's not quite perhaps so utility um, as the one you were talking about, Rich. It looks like there. There's just uh, a single. Oops. No, I want to make that one bigger. Than I. It looks like just a single connector, which is a. Uh, it looks like a an S video style connector. So I don't know whether you can charge your iPad while you got it plugged in. Which, actually, you know, while it doesn't sound much, I mean, if you were going to use it. You know, in any kind of situation where you you were worried about your battery running out, it makes it kind of not usable in that way. But so I don't think this has quite well, the same deal. I believe that that port was designed so that you can charge other things off the back of it while it was plugged into your USB port. Ah, okay. If I remember correctly, it wasn't uh, to do with charging it per se. It, it was a mini USB, the one with the, I think the trapezoid if I'm not mistaken, that would allow you to charge external devices off the back of it while it was connected. So it wasn't like completely disabling your port on its own. Uh, I think okay. that was the theory as far as power goes. Uh, right. is, that was the theory on that thing. What is cool for me about the one, the old one is it's it's a lot flatter and it's about the size of a good-sized piece of Giardelli chocolate. And uh, and it, I my road case for the thing is a small Ziploc bag. <laughs> yeah, nice. it and all of its cables go in a little Ziploc bag and travel with me everywhere I go for the odd time that I need it, and I have to load programs from this thing. <laughs> ah, yeah, which so does you use it for, happen for, occasionally for loading. Uh, yeah, for loading your um, sound files into higher keyboards into on the road, right? an SX version of the RD seven hundred. If that's all they got, 
That's ah. those are the moments where I'm thrilled to have this thing. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, Dave, do you think? I mean, you know, we talked about the the merits of MIDI or whatever. I mean, CV's got a fabulous, you know, resolution and what have you. But it's it's still an awesome way to get signals about the place and kind of oh, I need to send something over there. Particularly if you get into the idea of turning MIDI events into something else, it really is, uh, you know, a great protocol still. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, really, come on. I don't understand why there was a sort of period where, you know, I don't know, people kind of went, oh, it's not hip anymore, I'm only using CV. Well, kind of use it all, yeah. which is why I like that box, because it's like DINSYNC, USB, CV, MIDI. In fact, it's funny, because I started wiring up a few things in here the other day, and it was like, oh, where's my MIDI cables? And I suddenly realised that actually, although most of, it, most of the stuff I use a lot MIDI'd up all the time, I realised that I hadn't actually reached for my MIDI cable box for a good few months, and that was kind of weird. It felt weird. MIDI was everything for years and years, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, one yeah. kind of related thing. I I noticed that um, Galileo, which is an iPad app, uh, it's an organ uh, simulator. Um, very, well, seems really good, I think. Uh, I've used it quite a bit. Um, the new update has got a full screen mode, which is something that we've been going on about in Sonic Touch. Uh, so if you are using your iPad as uh, an expander, or you know, or uh, it just means that it's just it just displays just the controls, the draw bars, and various switches, ah. and doesn't use up any of the screen for a keyboard. Oh, that's useful. So. Yeah, so uh, uh, again, I, I was really pleased to see that just because I hope more app developers consider that, that, you know, the iPad as a, you know, as a, you as use a it sound, with a keyboard. Yeah. Exactly. You know, so, yeah, I thought it just a little mention because while we're on the subject. Okay, well, I I was going to try and shoehorn another one in, but I think we're going to be a uh, push for time. I know I've got to get off my daughter's swimming tonight or something that I've got to ferry her around so uh back to school and all of those things um thank you very much everybody for joining us uh it's been uh, a blast as ever uh i want to say of course we want to say thank you to isotope for sponsoring the show and remember uh, if you want to enter that competition you've got to go on twitter hashtag micro tweak uh at sonic nick and at isotope inc to enter and then you could win a copy of break tweaker so that's just want to let you know that one more time uh anyway rich thank you very much for joining us i'm guessing um are you packing or are you working in the studio today oh all of the above uh, um, all of those i'm actually I, i'm in and out of town so much these days that there is a sort of open suitcase at the foot of my bed that Fresh laundry is constantly just getting dumped into in anticipation of the moment when I'm going to have to organize it all into a packed state so I can go. So it actually just sort of lives now completely and utterly in transition in my life, as well as the tech stuff, which is between that bag, because I've become, and this is important now, a one bag guy. And my life is so wonderful as a one-bag guy now. I, um, I can't hardly express to you how happy that makes me. Is that carry-on as well? Just carry-on? Yes. You... Wow. yes. Wow. The whole deal. The wow. whole deal in one You have bag. reached parity. Travel parity. I'm That's so awesome. I'm so pleased. <laughs> 
I'm so, uh, now, if somebody starts bestowing, and this does happen occasionally, gifts upon us as we are out and about, it starts to get a little more complicated But than if you have the big bag. But uh, you don't stand there wondering if you're ever going to see your luggage again in every new city that you land in. And uh, that is it's awesome. all there. I'm very happy it's for It's all you. right there. I'm thrilled. But surely the things. problem is then, if you're... If, it only works if everybody is one bag, because then you can all just leave en no, masse. But that's the, no, yeah, I understand. I still have to sit in the bus and wait for everybody who's waiting for their check luggage or whatever, but it's fine. It's it's Especially when you come back, we now have... So, uh, this is more than you wanted to know. We now have something in America called Global Entry, where you go and you have an interview and you get your picture taken and your fingerprints taken and everything else, and then... When you come back into this country, you don't have to stand on that two-hour immigration line. You go right to that kiosk, swipe your passport, show them your fingerprints, take a picture and smile, and you walk out of that airport five minutes after you left the plane. That's neat. It's supposed to work that way in the UK, but that booth is always out of they order. never work, do they? <laughs> in they the never UK, work. When we arrive in the UK, there is a minimum 30 and usually closer to 45-minute wait while they process 10 Work visas. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can As understand. though they've never, ever done this before every single time you land. It's, it's really remarkable. It's, un, it's actually incredible to me the number of times I've seen people look at this as though this had never happened before. Right. Well, okay, that's my little rant. I get Done. the same thing when I go to LA. I've got it because I travel on a, a, a journalist visa and there's always lots of questions about that. But Yeah? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, they don't ask us any questions. They just take your passports and disappear for 40 minutes. <laughs> There's right. no question. It's, it's just, we've got the paperwork. We've got the, the passports. Everybody's got their number on the paperwork. It's all correct. And it uh, takes 45 minutes. Oh, wow. wow. It's oh, well, a truly uh, Brazil-like moment. Yeah, I, I, I can only apologize on behalf of an entire nation <laughs> no, of right. customs. But that's where we... <laughs> anyway, Rich, great to have you. And I, I hope your travels uh, are... are, are I'm not so tr troublesome, and uh, but thank you very well, much for joining. that troublesome. We're used to it. It's fine. It's yeah, good. well, thanks we'll anyway, Rich. And Gaz Williams, thank you very much over there in Bristol. Uh, we'll see you uh, in a couple of days. We're going to do some more Sonic Touches. So, yeah. uh, yep, looking forward to that. And um, mm -hmm. in the meantime, have a good uh, rest of the couple of, couple of days. And also, Dave Spears, G4 Software, thank you also for joining us. And, um, yes. Thank you. I, I, want, I want to pimp something. Oh, yes, of course. Uh, so, in brief, we have lots of artists who come in here and use the stuff, and we have a lot of artists who say, is there any chance that we could use your stuff live? And we always go, no, 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 no. Anyway, we've relented for one gig, and it's Tara Bush and right. Math doing their gig. South Bank, 20, yeah. South Bank, yeah, 21st of September... And she is using the 2600, the Odyssey, the Oscar, uh, the 101, and a couple of other things. Wow. So if there's any synth heads, synth heads in London even, around that date, come down. We're going to be there guarding the gear with weapons, I hasten to add. Sunday, and, 21st uh, September, 7.45. There it yeah. is. Uh, in fact, we were hoping, and Tara did get in touch and said, could she come down here and do a show? And I was, I'm, I'm still kind of going, yeah, okay. <laughs> I haven't heard back, so I'm guessing she's busy learning all of those new synths and how to incorporate them into her life setup. Exactly. Everybody thinks that we're brave, 
but I think the truth is she's really brave because she's now designing a set around these old ancient pieces of kit that I've gone, well, you know, it's in the lap of the gods whether it's going to work on the night or not. Yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be exciting. That sounds great. Anyway, uh, well, thank you very much. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Thank you very much to everybody in the chat room. I think everything has worked today, um, which is nice because, I, I, as I say, I rebuilt the streaming server did a few other bits and pieces. I'm not sure about uh, everything else, but I hope the experience was as good for you as it has been for me. That was Sonic Talk number 374. We'll see you next time where you can also find out whether you won the competition. <laughs>